Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. From Atlanta, somewhere near William Street, but not inside, this is the Adult Swim Podcast. I'm Matt Harrigan here with Max Simonet. Hey, 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 how's it going? I'm Max. You could call me Max, and please look at me in the eyes. On this week's Adult Swim Podcast, Joe Para. But first, let's check the podcast mailbag. We hadn't done a podcast in a while um, since the end of last year, the Rick and Morty Companion Podcasts, which, by the way, are set to resume. People have been sending requests, comments, concerns, criticisms, adultswimpodcast at gmail.com. I've chosen one to read today. This is from Zong Yuan 2. Dear manager, hello, we are Zong Yuan Green Shell Egg Sales Company Limited. Our company mainly deals in green shell eggs, goose eggs, wild eggs, chai eggs, ordinary eggs, and other products. Our products have the highest quality, all of which are past the national standard. Detected, I really hope that your company has the opportunity to cooperate. If you need it, please reply to us as soon as possible. Thank you. The best regards. And I got a note right here. Hold on. I'm going to respond to this. Oh, okay. Sorry. What is the price? That's so weird, Matt. Go ahead. Because I got a letter dated from two weeks in the future. It's covered in mustard, and it says, what is price? Wow. That's the only fan mail I got. Send us requests, comments, whatever, adultswimpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll get to them. Earlier this week, a lot of you watched the premiere of the new show from Tim and Eric Beef House. There was a hashtag release the beef campaign. Uh, the network released Beef House a week early. They kind caved a, in. Yeah, it was a fun stunt. They pulled the curtains of the Beef House open. The re, re, there was a meat of the beef inside. Pretty fun for people who like watching shows. Yeah, it wasn't planned. It was just something that sort of uh, came together and it turned it turned into a quickly, hastily assembled stunt that I think was brought some nice attention to the show. Mm. Did, you, did you watch it? Oh, yeah. The thing about beef is sometimes if you leave it out, it can oxidize and you'll get gray parts on the beef. That happened to me with, I uh, had a bunch of mortadella that I was Oof. trying to eat during quarantine. Had to toss no. it. Beef House premieres this Sunday, 12-15, March 29th. This coming weekend, along with another new show, Three Busy Debras. Do you know anything about that? Uh, I know that someone on Facebook who didn't like it called it Three Busy Bridgets. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, How would they not like it? It hasn't come out yet. I Well, I mean, I guess they don't like the clips they're showing. I don't know. I thought they showed a real good clip recently, which was the, the crazy guy telling them they're going to get their tubes tied for the mess they've caused. And one of the girls like, he's always nice to us. Deborah, 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 three very busy women who are all named Deborah. Uh, yeah. This uh, comes from Amy Poehler's company. We'll talk more about those shows, Beef House and Three Busy Debras, next week. Today, we're going to hear from Joe Para. I talked to him a little while back now about his show, Joe Para Talks With You. Do you, what do you know about Joe Para Talks With You, Max? There's a pacing to it, and there's a pacing to his voice that he really has. He's really like this in some ways. Yeah. I know in part of your interview, Matt. You ask, is where's the real you begin and end? 
That's uh, not what I said, but yeah. exactly what you say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there is just a unless he's so veiled in nonsense, there's a truth to this pacing and yeah. his voice, and there's a pacing to the show that really differs from. I mean, other content we enjoy that's more fast-paced, Ballmasters or reality shows or yeah. Aqua Teen, that's just like boom, boom, boom. And certain ways, that's like trying to grab a part of your brain and appeal to it. Uh, Joe Perro lets you sit in the mellow of the moment, and you still are laughing at some absurd moments. And it's weird how effortless it can sometimes seem. I mean, of course, there's a lot of thought put into it. I feel like Adult Swim in general has a lot of instincts to a term I feel like you've used and maybe others, to blow things up and uh, go so unexpected and uh, subvert yourself, which is a great instinct. And uh, I do think Joe Para does do a lot of subversion, but he does it by, like, not necessarily blowing things up, you know? By embracing the mundane? It, yeah, and some, but I feel like that's almost patronizing to call it the mundane, you know? So it's hard to comment on it without seeing, seeming like I'm like, look at this quaint man just talking. Aren't we enjoying it? Because there's a deliberateness to it. Uh, there's a thought process and there is a subversion that comes from the juxtaposition of language and themes. But there's also just instead of blowing things up, it's it sometimes one of the most successful episodes of the first season was the one where he just loves watching, listening to The Who. Yeah. Anyway, here is my chat with Joe. Where, uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Buffalo, New York. Joe Parra, what do you tell people your job is? Uh, comedian. Comedian. Yep. First and foremost? I mean, it depends on who I'm talking to. Sometimes I'll just say uh, writer, because uh, when you say comedian, it opens up a whole bunch of questions. Um, it, was, it was kind of funny yesterday. Uh the the heat is off in my apartment, so a guy came by to 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 fix it. The, there's a gas leak in my home, and they were uh, disconnecting the stove. And I started talking about him about uh, how I do comedy. And it's it's nice for for, for, for uh, people usually have nice things to say and talk about their favorite comedians, but a lot of the time uh, they kind of. Well, I don't know. It all depends. But the guy yesterday, he had heard a joke on the radio, but he couldn't remember what it was or who had said it. So he just kept on going, one of the best, best, best I've ever heard. And I was okay. I, I and I didn't. Even, I couldn't even say I'll, I'll have to check him out or I'll have to look the person up because I had no idea. I just had to take him at his word that it was really good joke. He didn't tell you the joke. No, he couldn't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel pressure when you tell people that you're a, a comedian that you have to be funny mm. i used to feel more pressure but now i'll just say you know i'm 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 not funny all the time and then they won't expect anything funny <laughs> <laughs> i guess it comes from years of conversations i think it was tough i don't mind it now but it was toughest when i was just starting out and i had i was in New York, and you know, you go home for the holidays. I think a lot of comedians experience this, but your family members ask you what, what you've been up to, and uh, uh, you, you say stand up, and they say, "Oh, what shows have you been on, or what uh, what can I watch?" Oh, well, I 
I just finished a YouTube video, but I swear I'm a comedian. I, you know, and you'd be doing stand-up open mics every night, and I, I think that that makes you a, a comedian. But if nobody's heard of uh, 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 Bunga's Den, which is a, a true venue here in New York for a while, if no one and Buffalo's heard of Bunga's Den, you don't want to say I, I do comedy at Bunga's Den, and um. Yeah, it's it's a complicated question and not always. But now, it's, yeah, you say I'm a comedian. Yeah, I know to, to hang out with Steve Martin all the time, and uh, yeah, we'll go. They don't it. believe you. I don't know. Yeah, sometimes they believe me, except when I'm, except for when I'm talking to Martin Short because he also knows Steve Martin. You know, Joe Parrot talks with you. Are you surprised to be? Did you think you were going to do this? Uh, I wasn't sure. I guess we made the first season with the, you know, just thinking that if we only got one chance to make a television show, we were going to make it as good as we could and then be happy no matter whether we get another season or not. So uh, getting the season was such a nice thing that me and all my friends could continue to work. And, you know, I guess we had the same theory that this one, how could we make this one better? Cause if we don't get another chance to do it again, uh, we want to make this one as good as possible too. So I, I do feel very lucky to, to be here and yeah. As a kid, did you think you were going to grow up and be doing this? Is this something that you saw yourself doing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess from a certain age on, I, I, I kind of always wanted to do it. I was never like a class clown or anything or the f funniest in class. I would, um, but, uh, but I don't know. I didn't, I didn't share it with a lot of people. I just, when I graduated, I just started doing stand up, and I, you know, f figured it out from there. How do people describe your, or how would you describe your sensibility? Uh, that's a question I like less than, uh, than telling people I'm a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because uh, it feels like you, pigeonholes? Well, or it's like describing what something tastes like? Yeah, except for you're describing what you taste like. And it's yeah. weird. It's easier. I just, um, I, I what are, what, I just... What, what do people, your people, you get irritated when people, uh, I can't imagine you irritated, but you get irritated <laughs> when people, uh, ask you that question why uh no i guess it's i don't know i as i'm sure like if i'm talking to a i don't know a, a lawyer or a bus driver i would ask them very ob obvious kind of questions about uh their lawyering or bus driving and i'm sure they get a lot of the same things too yeah. uh so i i'm not irritated i just kind of skirt around it like i'm trying to now yeah you did a nice job skirting around it. Thanks. I shouldn't have said that. Walk us through your arrival at uh, the network. How did uh, how'd you get on the network's radar? Um, I uh, I had been uh, doing a stand-up uh, uh, show called Joe Pair Talks You to Sleep because my friend uh, Nate Fernald said that my, my comedy is so mild I should make a, a tape of uh, me talk or uh, like a cassette tape where I talk people to sleep 
and I've been doing a stand-up show to develop material for it. And uh, I've, uh, Cameron Tang, the development guy, was in town, and I met him for a, uh, a coffee, and I, I shared him the idea. And uh, I, yeah, it was a it was a it was a fun meeting. He came in with the skateboard, and I was like, oh boy. I I've, I wonder if he's gonna like this and uh, that puts you on your heels a little bit. Well, I don't know the, a little bit. I never was a skateboarder growing up. A couple of my friends skateboarded, and I would uh, uh, rollerblade. Um, but I definitely knew that that was to to rollerblade was not nearly as cool as to skateboard. Uh, but uh, he did. He, he really liked it, and then I wanted to make sure that the, the concept was totally sold. So I went home and I, I repurposed an old animation from over the weekend and did like a three-minute version, which I sent to him and Walter, and they liked it and decided to uh, uh, give it a chance in the, the 4 a.m. infomercial spot. So over the next three months, we made the show, and uh, that that was the first thing. Did did uh did you stay up late and watch it? Yeah, I think I I might have fallen asleep because it aired at four. I think I I my friend uh, invited me over to watch it, and I think I fell asleep from maybe one a.m. to three a.m. And then they shook me and they they said you got to get psyched up. Your your show is going to be on TV. And then you turn it on and you watch it, and it goes by in eleven minutes. Yeah. Then- how does that feel? What's it like then? Do you, is it anticlimactic? Are you wide awake? Well, by the time you finish working something, you've seen everything. Uh, you've seen it so many dozens of times in every little detail, and you don't really want to hear your voice or look at your face. But um, it's there's something nice when it's actually on TV and it's airing for the first time. That's really exciting. Not that I'm a, a huge fan of commercials, but when you watch, you know, see what commercials are before and after, it's, and then with with the you know the lead in it, it does kind of feel more like it's uh you know like you're watching it with everybody for the first time on regular TV. It's kind of a cool thing as opposed, you know, I like the internet, but um, and I watch a lot of stuff on the internet, but knowing that other people are watching it live with you at the exact same time is really a special thing. How do you uh, how do you pick your how did you pick your cast members? Um, they're actually all close friends from uh, from uh, performing. Really, Connor is an old friend, and I think. Connor O'Malley, he's one of the funniest people I know, and we've been writing together for years. Uh, uh, Joe Firestone, same. And uh, with Dan Licata, he's not on the show as much. He makes an appearance, but he's we've been uh, friends since high school. And uh, who else? And then Marty Scalzpo, we he, he uh, directed the Christmas special. And they're all U.S. for performers, not, not right. But most of the main roles on the show also write the show and then um the other ones i it just uh makes a lot of sense like joe scott who plays connor o'malley's wife on the show is just a excellent actress on top of a performer and she actually thought that we were kidding when when we cast her in the christmas special because it was such a fast process she thought that it was a joke we told her about it a month 
uh, before that we were hoping that she'll do it. And, and then all of a sudden somebody reached out to make travel arrangements for her to go to Michigan. And she just saw, she realized it was a real thing. Um, but she's an old friend of Connor's and Marty's from, from, uh, doing improv in Chicago. I remember at the conclusion of the first season, I think everyone was, uh, real happy with the show and, and their reaction to it. And, I th- I think I remember correct me if I'm if I'm wrong that you didn't jump into the next season immediately and I think that was a surprise you wanted to wait be- to for the seasons to change uh-huh kind of I so found that to be totally unusual well we shoot it in Milwaukee and Michigan and uh work you, you know there's nothing you can do about the weather there so we knew that we had a it, when it got cold, we started, uh, and with by filming the 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 fall drive episode uh, on October, I think Halloween, Halloween day or the day before, because the fall foliage turned so f- fast there that uh, if if we waited another weekend, it was going to the, there would be no leaves on the trees at all. So we rushed the writing process to get that done and 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 pre-production and we were like we got to get the fall foliage we got to get the fall foliage and then it actually snowed that weekend with the pumpkin in the woods but it kind of was nice that uh that over the course of the episode which we shot in two days back to back you could see the weather change so drastically which is really what it's like up there and uh but it was a good lesson like it's it's very cold and uh kind of hard to shoot and focus when it's 20, 30 degrees outside and you got to shoot a scene. So uh, we thought that not only for the story, but just for the sake of not putting the crew outside for uh, 12 hours in uh, 20, 30 degree weather, uh, we should wait for the springtime. I was also, I think, like now, me and Marty were kind of the director. Marty Scouspo is the director. He does all the episodes, but we were, and also he edits the show uh, with uh, uh, himself. There's another editor, Wood Conway, but we were just uh, very tired, and uh, we we thought that it would be good to gather our ideas and um, and 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 I did a stand up tour over the summer to help get some new ideas too and get writing again. And I think if we just entered into a new season without that, um, it wouldn't have been as good for a bunch of reasons, but mostly, yeah, is for, for me, stand up is like my creative engine. And if I'm not doing it, I think the quality of my work slides. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope that now that we're done with this season, I can get back into it full time and, um, and, and, and writing just jokes for the sake of writing jokes again. That's the most fun, and I think that that's where the good ideas for uh, hopefully another season will come from. So you do a lot of the writing for the show on stage doing stand-up? Some. Uh, Some. Last, I think it was more for the first season. I had more ideas that I brought from uh, earlier stand-up bits, like the uh, episode 7 where there's the fireworks scene and the stages of watching fireworks. Um that was a stand-up bit that I had that was then put into the show, but um, and, I'll, and I'll, like uh, a lot of the stuff I was able to workshop on stage, 
and I did a bit for season two, but just because it was so much uh, bigger and we had to, uh, uh, we did more episodes, it was just, it was uh, neat to kind of take more of a leap and not be able to workshop it on stage. Even I, I did some, but um, it was different in that way. You put a lot of uh, sort of well-known music, I mean, a couple times in your show. Is that stuff that you like, or is it stuff that you just put in there for comedy? Oh, I mean, I I kind of like every, every, most of the stuff in the show. It's <clears throat> a lot of, um, like, the, the, the Who song in particular. How much did that, how much did that cost to the network to put in? I, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll go ask Keith. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's better that you ask uh-huh. Keith. I don't want to. I don't want to say. It was um. Uh, I got really. I mean, it was kind of a, a hail mary that we threw both in being able to to use it because it was in the script from the beginning. And was it a pain to get? I somebody went to uh, Pete Towns. They had to go to Pete Townsend's uh, assistant or get fairly close to him or manager and sign off. And I think I'm curious if he ever knew about it or does know about it to this day, but somebody very close to him had to sign off. So on top of the, I guess the, the, the money, uh, the, the, uh, somebody had to get permission and get through to them. So that we kind of lucked out. There's a really funny interview he just did with, uh, uh, I think it was like uh, PBS where they asked him about touring at the age of 70. And he said more or less that he, he was honest. He said, I don't enjoy it. I do it for the money. So I, I guess uh, who knows if he even liked the show. They, they could have just said, we got some money for you. And he said, okay. Did you see them when they came through just recently? I didn't. No. Oh, I, I went and saw them here in Atlanta. How were they? I was surprised that they didn't suck. I thought they—I thought it was actually really surprisingly good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, apparently, Roger Daltrey is still very much into it and everything. But I guess it's as long as you couldn't tell, Pete Townsend is not into it. I couldn't tell. No, really? I couldn't. That's I couldn't great. tell. There's no way you can get on that stage and um, play music like that and not within like at least by halfway through the concert not be a little bit into it was it a pain to get uh mighty quinn no that one i mean uh the producer never said that it was uh difficult so i assumed it kind of happened fairly easily i don't know how how hard it is i don't i don't think it was as expensive because we weren't playing it the kids were singing it also, I don't know if you haven't seen it. You got to look it up. Uh, there's a, a video of he appeared on Pawn Stars, the television show. Bob Dylan. Bob I Dylan. Didn't see that. If uh-uh. you search on YouTube, Bob Dylan Pawn Stars, no there's, this, there's a five minute segment where Chumley gets this Bob Dylan record, and he goes, "I heard Bob Dylan is playing in Vegas tonight. I guess I should go out and try and get Bob Dylan to sign this." record and so chumley goes out it's like a, a scene of him wandering around behind the casinos and all of a sudden bob dylan is right there so it must have been set up in advance yeah. but he just goes i bob dylan and bob dylan turns and 
talks with Chum Lee on Pawn Stars, and then he signs his album. And then, um, yeah, it was amazing that he wanted to appear on the show because I don't Shit, think it happened so by accident. Because it was set up, I'm going to go find Bob Dylan. I assume he, he knew, they knew that he would do it. And then, do you want to know the ending? Yes. So Chumley brings the record back to the store. And the I forget the name of the bald guy with the facial hair. But uh, he goes, wow, this is amazing. You actually met him. And then he says, can you show me the record so we can sell it? And it says, to Chumley by Bob Dylan. And he goes, oh, come on. How are we ever going to sell this record when it says to Chumley? No one else in the world is named Chumley. <laughs> so I hope I didn't spoil it, but it's definitely no. worth watching. Do you ask the network, can I make more? Do they come to you and say, hey, can you make more? Do they wait and see how they do? How does that work for you? I have no idea. I really don't. I don't know how how all these things work. And how did, how did it work last time for the after the first season? It was uh, uh, very nice. Um, basically, it was we had a screening one night, and then the following day we they the upfronts where they do um, like they they pitch the shows to try and get the advertisers uh, on board. So all. TBS Network, uh, uh, TNT, uh, Adult Swim puts on a big, a big flashy show for all these people in suits, and uh, the screening was the night before, and uh, uh, so I was I had a, a couple beers and I was a little uh, hungover, and on the red carpet. Uh, uh, the executive uh, came up to me and said, congratulations, uh, more or less, uh, we were interested in doing more episodes. So then I, I went in and I watched, uh, I think, uh, Conan O'Brien interviewed Shaq on stage. And it was surreal, but I was just thinking, boy, this is, you know, I was just uh, so, so happy knowing that uh, me and my friends would have another season of work and we could continue where we left off. And it was a, a weird, weird bunch of emotions. And, you, you know, I don't know. I don't really do, uh, I don't do, you know, big parties or celebrities, but uh, there is a, it was weird. It was, you know, like all the people, like, like, like Tiff, it was weird because they, all the networks bring out the stars, like Tiffany Haddish was there, and and uh, you know Shaq was right there, and it was just a, a very surreal morning. I don't know how. To, there's a very funny photo of uh, maybe Cameron can send it to you, but I was just kind of like hungover. I didn't know what to do with myself on the red carpet, and then somebody says, "Come here, we want to get you in this uh, photo," and it's a photo of. Uh, I didn't even know who was, I was in it, but it's like all of the top executives from the network, including the president, plus like Shaq, Tiffany Haddish, Anderson Cooper, Chris Pine, and uh, Amy Sedaris. And I just did, had no idea what was going on. And <laughs> it's a pretty good photo. Um, and then, it was, yep, and then I never saw any, most of them ever again. 
So which of your friends can you turn people on to who might not know them? I don't know. Everybody on the show. I guess um, uh, uh, Connor O'Malley is so funny. Uh, Dan Licata, who's been my old friend, he's very funny. He's got some great videos. Um, and then uh, uh, I guess uh, uh, Carmen Christopher is in one of the episodes. He's an old friend of me and Marty's. And uh, I first met Marty, the director, because he did a film, a short film with uh, Carmen that was so funny. I had to reach out and email him when he was living in Chicago. It's called Forget About It. And it's like a, a kind of a, a take on the Donnie Brasco uh, movie, but it's a, 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 such a, a, a funny short film that takes so many uh, turns. I think that John Reynolds is in it uh, too. And um, yeah, that's, it, it's very fun to, that Carmen was able to do the episode this season. And, uh, you know, me, him, and Marty were able to work together. It's just, I don't know. It's still one of the funniest videos I've seen. Forget about it. What's it like going on these big late night talk shows? It's fun. I hope it goes well, but um, I, I don't know. I would never. Um, I, I'm feel lucky to do it, but I never watched a ton of talk shows growing up. I rather watch, you know, an actual, you know, comedy show or stand up as opposed to just people chatting. De Niro was on the show. That was very funny. Um, yes, my my parents came, and I guess the, the rooms at Thirty Rock are much closer together than like at another studio, just because it's not a very big space. So they had my dressing room right across from Robert De Niro's, and wow. my we didn't tell my dad that he was going to be there as like a surprise but we didn't expect him to be right across the hallway so my dad kind of sat at the, my dressing room just kind of like looking across the hall waiting him for him to walk by or do something and it was really funny it would have been I see him yeah yeah it was uh at a certain point i i asked the producer of the show if it would be all right if i went in and just introduced myself and i brought my dad because i he watched the irishman two two times this past week alone <laughs> not kidding and so i went in and i said hi mr nero i don't want to bother you too much but uh just want to say hello i'm doing comedy on the show tonight and this is my uh, dad slash agent and he was nice and then he uh yeah that was it i said he was nice he was very nice he said i don't um yeah it was yeah i yeah, yeah, you know, he didn't uh, uh, get angry or anything, but I didn't want to bother him. Uh, I just, you know, he's one of the, he is one of the greatest actors of the, like the last fifty years. So to not, it I would have surreal. I would have felt bad to, to if I had not done it. And my dad really loved it. He started. He just said, um, "The only thing you cannot do." You do anything you want, Dad, but just don't quote his movies to him. And and he didn't. So I think that because, uh, uh, yeah, it's just hard to know. It's happened before. It's not to me. And it's, it's not bad, but, like, it's just hard to think of what to say when somebody quotes your own thing to you. It's hard to, you know, all you can say is, uh, yep, I wrote that. <laughs> 
Now, your parents must be proud. They must. There must have been a thrill for them. I mean, yeah, they they so, loved it. But yeah, my dad got to be Robert De Niro, but but um, you know, they were very worried for a while. But it's easier. Uh, I don't know when. Uh, Stuff like, I don't know, the late night stuff happens. It gets easier. The thing, you know, it, they they know that it, you can make a career out of it. It's just hard. My my parents work really hard and the, the definitely, uh, you know, the idea of being a comedian is not, uh, uh, yeah, it's just a little bit there. It's pretty far out from from uh, what is a, you know, a sensible job path. Did it seem frivolous to them, or were they worried about you at the beginning? Um, yeah. Coming to New York? Uh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, definitely had some, yeah, just lean years, not making a lot of money, you know, working all sorts of jobs to, to, to pay rent. So it's, yeah, they, it was, I they were never for like don't, never said don't do comedy. In fact, I would say they're they're pretty support supportive of it. They're just worried and um yeah, it's still weird doing comedy for my parents. Did they think you were going to have a different path, or did you talk about a different path? Um, I think they were a little nervous. I studied film at school, but uh, so I guess that was probably going on on a limb to begin with. But, but I don't know they. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else would happen. Have you had some uh, significant creative rejections in your in your life? Oh yeah, um, yeah. It was hard. I even I haven't really thought back on it. all my my comedy years, but uh, the stand up is a little bit different than than the, some of the other per performers, and it, it it took some time for. For, for 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 people to catch on and trust it and um I did pitch the talks you to sleep animation to it uh another place and they thought that it would be uh good as like a a a, a three minute uh uh I think they said NyQuil or Robitussin uh branded content. So um to be able to you know be given the trust to to make it into a, a longer show and to be given the opportunity to kind of go with our ideas is pretty rare and I think I feel really lucky that Adult Swim lets us do it and kind of pursue uh, things or the, the ideas that we have in the way that uh, you know suits the ideas the best as opposed to trying to fitting it into uh, or being like another TV show but uh, yeah, it was it was harder to you know to get them to even despite the slower pace that it could be funny and make the audience laugh, and that is not the easiest for places to digest. Um, one of the, I guess it was a bummer. Me and Connor had a a web series called How to Make It in USA, where he plays my agent, and um, it uh, and we basically made we did phone calls to cruise lines trying to get them to book me and it kind of escalated. We went and tried to get into the CBS building and talk to Les Moonves before, uh, this was before he got me to, 
but um but uh yeah we we pitched that and we 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 really hoped it would go through and that the fact that it it did we thought it, we were gonna get to make it and then it didn't happen that was a, a pretty big bummer um but it's all it's all part of it i don't know do people come back to you now and say oh we changed our mind no no i mean that's it was just mostly a bummer because i think that it would have been a really funny show because he's so funny and it would have been sounds funny yeah where do you buy your sweaters uh do you buy them yourself or does the wardrobe people get bring them to you I do have a bunch, a bunch, like half my own, half from wardrobe, and then at the end of the show, I they say, "I know you like this, so you you want to keep it, and then I'll wear it in the in between seasons until I wear it on the next season." Do you shop online or do you go to stores to buy clothes? A little bit of a mix. I get sweaters are very sometimes go to landsend.com. I don't want to advertise, but it's pretty easy, and all this stuff is pretty affordable. I don't want any fancy clothes. I just want pants and uh, shirts. That's it. I don't think you're advertising. You just happen to like Land's End. And somehow it's always 50% off. I don't know how. I don't want to think about, yeah, it's bad to think about who's making the clothes that they're always half off. But um, I don't know. It's very hard to find a clothes that's uh, not, that's made ethically. I don't know. I wore a lot of clothes for a while, and I um, some of the shirts I, I had cousins, older cousins that dressed really well in high school. So I got their hand-me-downs when I was in high school, and some of the shirts and sweaters I still wear today. Is there an episode of your show to people who don't know your show that you would say watch this first? I think that the easiest way into the show is probably the 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 Baba O'Reilly or Joe Para. Uh, uh, reads the church announcements episode from season one. I think uh, uh, Joe Parrott takes you to breakfast uh, from season one and is a people seem to like. And I don't know, none of them are hard to get into, but uh, Joe Parrott takes you to the grocery store is a pretty fun and straightforward episode, kind of in the, um, I don't know, very, is it, you know, one location. And I, basically talk about groceries um the whole time i think it's pretty funny it was written by connor and uh i i, I think it's a, a good way into the season if if people haven't been watching yet do you feel a, a, a pressure uh to conform the show to what you already have it as or to evolve it or does that even come up we try to take it in different uh, directions this time and and grow it and spend more time with different characters and the i don't know the worst thing to me would be if the show uh became predictable or uh you know even we just we tried to make every episode f f f f feel different than as a, in addition to being its own subject matter and also um uh yeah un unexpected and and um while still kind of keeping the tone that that people like the show for, I hope, or that is, you know, the the, the type of comedy I I do. But it is. Do you uh, are you asked to give advice to uh, up and aspiring performers? Sometimes. What do you tell them? 
Um, I don't know. Just well, it's, it's. Did you get good advice from somebody? Uh, I actually wrote to Christopher Guest when I was in uh, a senior in high school, and he wrote back, and he said uh, I asked him what how. <laughs> It was embarrassing now, but I asked him what the secret to being funny was because he seemed to, you know, for everything that I saw was so funny. And he wrote back and just said, do what you think is funny. There's no secret. <laughs> and I think that that, uh, yeah, I think that's great advice and kind of, yeah, really just f follow your instincts and do that combined with um either get as much stage time as you can if you're a live performer or if you're making videos or films just make as many as you can well or at least you know and care about every single one that you do and uh, listen to the audience feedback to to a degree um but yeah if it's just about doing it i don't know there really is no secret other than just hard work and and doing what you think is funny do you have a dark side? Do you fight with anybody? I don't want to talk on the, about that on the podcast. <laughs> I don't mean I don't. specifically who, but you seem like such an amiable guy. I try to be. You don't have a dark side. Um, I think everybody does. It's just, uh, I guess, how will you deal with it? And whether you take it out on other people or not, or you keep it inside and take it out on yourself. I don't know. Well, thanks, Joe. No, thank you. I'm glad we finally do it. Enjoy the rest of your day. I hope to talk to you soon. Yeah. There you have it. I liked how uh, there's a few things he didn't want to answer. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I also, by the way, did this um, remotely. Usually they're done in yeah. person. I was going to bring that up. And that probably made it strange, so you can't look in their eyes. Download the Adult Swim app or visit adultswim.com to watch Joe Parra Talks with you, along with lots of other free stuff, links to some of the things we were just talking about. Don't forget, we offer live, interactive streaming shows. Last stream on the left, Truth Point, as seen on Adult Swim, Blood Feast, where you do the New York Times crossword puzzle every day. Of course, Fish Center, Stupid Morning Bullshit. One way people like to watch these shows is on the Adult Swim app for your phone or TV. That way you can watch Joe Para on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Android, iOS. And you can always chat along on adultswim.com slash chat. Music from this week's podcast, a track called Faux Show by the Delvon Lamar Organ Trio. Visit the DelvonLamarOrganTrio.com and support live music. Send your requests, comments, concerns, criticisms, egg offers to adultswimpodcast at gmail.com thanks to Dave Bonowitz Christina Loringer for putting this podcast together thank you for listening thank you Max thank you Max we'll be back next week <laughs> <laughs>